Welcome to Bucks Insider presented by Ticketmaster. Casey Phillips here with senior writer and editor Scott Smith. And man, I'm just ready for one of these to come with some more exciting news to it. We're going to hope that's next week, that this next game we're going to hope is the one that breaks this streak. Well, there have been some exciting games. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's true. I guess three of the last four have pretty com much come down to the wire. Um, they just, the Bucks haven't made the play at the end. And it's been frustrating. I think the, probably the best symbol of how frustrated the team is right now is Levante David, who's won multiple sportsmanship awards, almost never gets flagged, slams his helmet to the ground after the last, last touchdown, which honestly I don't blame him for. Yeah. That had to be the most frustrating moment in years. Yeah. Uh, but the, what's particularly frustrating about it is this team has shown that it can do well on defense and it can do well on offense, but since the New Orleans win, which was pretty much a complete game, haven't been able to put it together. Mm -hmm. So in the first three losses to Detroit, Atlanta, and Buffalo, the defense played well enough against some pretty good offenses to keep you in the game and give you a chance at the end, especially Atlanta and Buffalo. And so if you tell me that now, and the offense couldn't score more than 18 points. So you right. tell me going into Houston, they're going to score 37 points. You feel pretty good about that. They're going to take a lead with 46 seconds left. You think that's going to be a win. So mm -hmm. it's frustrating that in this case, the offense did enough and the defense couldn't get the stop it needed, not only at the end, but pretty much at all in the second half. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I know, as you brought up, there's a lot with the offense to be excited about in that game. That again, when we know the outcome wasn't what we wanted, 37 points, that was a, a huge difference as compared to a lot of the other ones and who we saw putting up some of the plays and how and why. I felt like there was so much, and particularly Rashad White and Kate Otten, you know, I, I just feel like they put on some incredible performances when maybe the defense has taken away mm -hmm. Mike and Chris a lot to show that exactly. you have enough weapons to still be able to do what you need to yeah, do. Yeah, you look up at the end of that game and Mike still almost had 100 yards. He almost scored on that one touchdown. But early in the game, the Bucks were scoring without getting the ball to Mike and Chris Godwin because Rashad White and Kate Otten. Kate Otten, uh, according to Baker Mayfield, is doing a really good job of communicating with him. Like in that second touchdown pass, there was a timeout beforehand and Kate came over to him and told him, if I see this look that I think we're going to see, I'm going to do exactly this. And he did, and they did, and it was a touchdown. And then you got Rashad White, who's really emerged. Uh, you know, the running game's coming along. And he had 16 and 11 and 11 yard carries in the last game, which are the type of explosive running plays we need and we haven't been getting. But where he has really come on is in the passing game. And Baker Mayfield said on Wednesday, he said, it's really vital to have a running back that you know when you have to check down, he can make something out of it. He's really, really good in open space and making the first man miss. So sometimes you think, derogatorily about checkdowns. Oh, that guy's the checkdown king. Right. But checkdowns are an important part of offense because read, 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 nothing's available, don't want to get sacked, don't want to scramble. At least maybe we'll get five and maybe he'll break it for more. And he's been doing that. I yeah. mean, the biggest play besides Mike Evans' long catch was the little short pass to Rashad out in the left flat that he cut back to the right because all the defensive action had been going this way, found a lot of open space and got 33 yards. So when you take those two guys and also Trey Palmer, who has usually doesn't have a high volume of catches, might have three or two by the end of the game, but he's making a couple big plays in every game, like the 21-yarder on third and 23 on the final Bucks drive. So you got Mike, Chris, you, you assume they're going to get what they get most games, and now you got Cade, Rashad, and Trey. I'm starting to feel pretty good about the, that five, that yeah. quintet of weapons. Yeah. It was interesting what you said about the checkdown stuff. I had um, Brad Idzik on the Bucks okay. Total Access show Bucks this week. wide receiver which, coach. Yeah, first of all, he was incredible. So oh, cool. it's a great, great show. He gave a lot of great insight. And he brought up, especially one of those to Rashad that ended up going for 33 yards. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, I mean, you know, Mike and Chris, they're, they're taking, trying to take the top off the defense. They're going for it. And that I'm sure he's like, you know, 
people think it's going to be hard for the wide receivers not necessarily getting that, but he was like, they're such great guys. They're so excited when they just see Rashad go yeah. streaking through. And he said, for the wide receiver's sake, those plays are the same as having the run game. That it creates the same effect of getting okay. the defense to be honest gotcha. and you know kind of stay okay. down in that. Like a good running game like makes you Like a good running honest. down yeah. makes you be honest. Those checkdowns also make the defense be honest, which mm. can set up and help Mike and Chris. So he was saying that what Rashad is doing in the receiving game is having the same effect that the run game would have okay. for Mike and Chris. That's good. And I thought that was a really interesting Well, it certainly point. worked in Houston. 37 points is nothing to sneeze at. Absolutely. Um, and then Mike Evans still hitting just incredible milestones all the time every time every game there's just a Mike milestone he had that touchdown taken away we still scored like on the next play or two plays later but they called him down at the one so he missed moving from 17 up to 16 in all-time touchdown receptions but he will get there but what he did do was pass 11,000 yards and he's only the 39th guy to to have done that funny thing is he actually passed Joey Galloway one of our one of my favorite former bucks on the all-time receiving yards chart so he's obviously he's the first buck to get over 11,000 receiving yards and um, you know he's far from done yeah so he just keeps adding to what I think is going to be in the when it's all said and done a Hall of Fame resume yeah and Baker I mean I again the game didn't finish the way we wanted but to watch that drive that we thought might be the game-winning drive to see what Baker was able to do to see what the offense was able to do in that pressure situation And I just feel like it's so amazing to watch what Baker is doing. When you, however you want to define pressure, actual quarterback pressure from rushers or pressure in game situations or third down. There's a little however, bit of both on this Yeah, one. however you want to define that, he's doing an incredible job. Yes, this chart here, I, I think I missed an opportunity. I should have called it Pressure Baker instead of Pressure oh, Cooker. Uh, <laughs> anyway, EPA, I've tried to explain it on the show a couple times. Don't worry about it too much. It means expected points added. Like, how much does each play increase the chance that you're going to score? Um, you, you want positive numbers on offense, obviously. Baker Mayfield is the only quarterback in the entire NFL who started at least two games, who has a positive EPA on plays when he's put under pressure, which makes sense. I mean, look, Josh Allen is second, and he's great, at negative 7.1. I mean, these are all other than Will Levis, who just started. These are quarterbacks who are in great seasons. But when they're under pressure, they're worse. You know, they're worse. Every quarterback in the league is worse when he's under pressure. Right. But for Baker to be doing so well compared to the field is pretty impressive. In this last game, he was pressured 14 times, three of which became sacks. But he, uh, he was 7 of 11 on the passes he did get off for 85 yards, a touchdown, and no interceptions. He has not thrown an interception under pressure yet this season. Wow. And, and that doesn't even count the, the highlight that we just saw before that graphic where he ran on fourth mm-hmm. and two, and he ran and he got. There was a lot of pressure on that play, right. and he figured out a way to make it work. So to me, the four-game losing streak, the three and five record, neither is what we wanted, especially after a three and one start. But if you're looking for reasons that the Bucks are here where they are now, I don't think Baker Mayfield's on that list. Yeah, I would agree with that. And it seems like the team just loves I mean, him. in a bad way. Right, 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 <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, that I think it just the team seems to love playing with yeah. him well, for him. That yeah. makes fourth down plays like that. Yeah, it's incredible. Gives up you, his body. You motivate, you motivate everybody when you're playing like that. All right, so the <clears> same way that we feel like every week we should just have like a Mike Milestones moment, I feel like Levante David, it's the same way, that there's just every week something mm-hmm. to talk about of what he is doing to prove how incredible he has been for such a long time. And so I know now just especially tackles he has been just double digit tackles 
boom, 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 boom. Four every, games in a row. Yeah, it's incredible. 50 tackles over the last four games. He's already equaled the longest streak since tackles became an official statistic in 2001 and therefore were compiled better. He's already equaled a Bucks record with four straight games with double-digit tackles, which is kind of surprising considering that since 2000, I mean, Derek Brooks was still playing, Shelton Coors was still playing, Barrett Rood always used to get him a bunch of tackles. The only guy, he could become the only guy to get to five. But what the bigger number is, and I think I used this same graphic last week. I was probably just a week early on it because after getting 11 more tackles against Houston, Levante's up to 14-22 for his career, and he's now he now needs just seven to pass Rondé. And wow. anytime you're passing Ronnie Barber on a list, I think we said this last week, yeah. seems very deja vu in my head. Anytime you're passing Ronnie Barber on a Bucks all-time list, you've done something really good. So, yeah. you know, I mean, we've said it before. He's Mike, too. They're just going to go down as, you know, two of the maybe top 10 bucks of all time. And two of the best guys, which makes it even better. You that want to root make for it him. Better. Um, all right, so looking forward to this week, uh, I have a feeling we need to stop Derrick Henry. Does that seem like a good <laughs> key to the game? It's a good start. Is that a good start for yes. this game? Um, so where do you feel like, looking at the box in terms of how they've been able to handle the run defense so far this year, and then what that's going to mean, knowing that that's basically going to be the Titans game plan start to finish? Look at that guy. He's like 6'3", 250, and then he gets out in the open field and he accelerates. Do you want to get in front of that? No, business decisions oh, all day. Oh, man. But, um, I, the, what the defenders and coaches have been saying is the key is gang tackling. So you got to get a lot of players to the ball because sometimes one guy isn't going to get it done. And sometimes he'll just stiff arm you into the next county. Um, so getting as many players to the ball on handoffs is going to be important. I remember when we did joint practices with them a few years ago, and it was the first time most of us had seen him in person. Yeah. And we were all standing out on the field, and he walked by, and all of us just looked at each other, and we were like, that's a running back? Yeah, every one of us said it. We if we didn't know who he was, we would have assumed he was a defensive end. And listen, Many, many moons ago, I worked for the Chiefs, and they had Christian Okoya, who's one of the biggest backs you've ever seen, and I was still shocked at how it's big incredible. Derrick Henry is. So where do you see in terms of looking at this defense now and what, what stands out to you about, especially we've talked about the run game now, what you're going to hope to see, look to see in the pass game a little bit, and we know that, again, this last week against the Texans, letting C.J. Stroud throw for 470 yards, that was not the game plan. What do you see in terms of the secondary and the other areas that we, we know that the Derrick Henry part is going to be the big focus, but what are some of the other things that you're going to look at and, and that you think is going to be interesting to see this week? Yeah, well, we need to see that that game was an anomaly. I mean, Carlton Davis stood up in front of the media. Um, obviously, it wasn't his best game ever, and he's had a lot of really good games. Mm -hmm. Stood up in front of the media yesterday and said it wasn't good. I wasn't good. We weren't good. It was a it was a very bad game for the defense, and we can say that because they said it. Okay, and, and obviously, 470 yards says it as well. Mm -hmm. um, they think they know exactly. See, what's frustrating for them is, uh, and the coach often says this, Coach Bowles, they were doing the right things in practice, and they were practicing these specific plays that the Texans threw at them, and they didn't do it the way they did it in practice. And Todd often calls those busts, and mm -hmm. says there was just a lot of busts in the secondary. Mm -hmm. So they know what went wrong, at least on paper, and I think it's true, we have a lot of talented players on that defense. I mean, they gave big contracts to Jamel and Carlton. Antoine Winfield's having a great season. We did see one little bit of a lineup change in that D. Delaney got on the field at safety, and at the beginning of the game, it looked like uh, Ryan Neal was playing in early downs when there might be runs, first and second down, and playing up more up in the box, and then Dee Delaney would come in in obvious passing situations. And then in the second half, at some point, he kind of just took over full time. So I think we'll probably see more of Dee Delaney moving forward. Todd declined to say whether there was going to be any specific lineup change, starter mm -hmm. change, um, but I think we could see more of him. And the reason he said is he considers Dee Delaney a ball hawk, and he does 
he is tied for the league and team lead in interceptions. He reminds and, me of Mike Edwards. Yeah, it's right? just the like per time that I you're know. on the field. <laughs> exactly. Like there's a ridiculous amount of interceptions. So um, he just wants he said he wanted to get more ball hawks on the field because we have not been getting other than some forced fumbles and fumble recoveries by Antoine Winfield. We have not been getting turnovers from the secondary, and he wants more of those. Yeah, and so what? where are we at in terms of we know turnovers was something so emphasized by this defense. They've all talked about how 30 on the season was mm -hmm. their goal. Antoine Winfield has said he wants 10 by, by himself, that that was his goal for himself this year. Um, what are we seeing about compared to the league and, and compared to maybe what this team is after, how the actual turnover margin mm -hmm. is going when we know, again, interceptions hasn't necessarily been in, right. but still getting some turnovers. Decent number of fumbles. It's not probably as many takeaways as they'd like to have, but since the Bucks offense has been very good at not turning the ball over, uh, in fact, the only turnover of the last two games was the inevitable fumble at the end of that pitch around play, you know, when you're pitching around on the last play of the game. Um, and so they haven't been turning the ball over, and what's pretty remarkable, remarkable is that even when they have turned the ball over, it hasn't led to any points. These are all the points the Bucks have given up off of turnovers, whether wow. you know, uh, the possessions or if they were pick sixes, or the possessions that follow turnovers, two field goals the whole year. And uh, it's incredible. I mean, the Bengals and Chargers have Especially done well, too. Some of those turnovers came inside the opposing red zone of, like, I remember there being a few where there have been turnovers that really bad places on the field in terms of letting the other team take over with incredible field position where to hold them to just mm -hmm. a field goal or nothing is, is well, pretty remarkable. Well, there have also been a couple like Antoine Winfield's hustle mm -hmm. play to get the ball away from um, Desmond Ritter mm -hmm. right at the goal line. Um, those were should have been points and right. they weren't. So, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty incredible. The defense has done a nice job when the offense has pretty infrequently turned the ball over. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us on this edition of Bucks Insider. Thank you so much for watching, and we'll be back here next week to break down that game against the Titans.